Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. All right. This morning, uh, we're going to continue this series called Let Me Introduce You, okay? And we, you're not in my living room anymore, so we're going we're gonna to move it to here again. So if you're at home, the background, the background has changed. Uh, but we, we've been talking about this idea of what if you met God for the very first time? Now, I know many of us living here in America, I mean, I feel like everybody has heard about God at some point in time. Well, can I tell you, one time I was on the street and I was witnessing to somebody, and I kind of went into my usual thing with them, and they looked at me and they said, I have never heard any of this. And this is downtown Orlando. Like, it, it, it was mind-blowing. I'm like, how is it possible? Where have you been? How have you not heard about Jesus? And yet, many have not. And so, I'd like to position this series, if you will, or continue to remind you that this is like a, if you've never met God before, right? I'm trying to introduce you to him. Like, I get this awesome opportunity, which, by the way, you get the same opportunities every day as well, to introduce the world to, to, to God. And what did we talk about last week? But God is what? Love, right? And he's not just our kinds of loves. He's not just our best versions of love. Not our, 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 he's agape love, right? He is, he is above all those types of loves. And in fact, we talked about last week, those things impact us or influence our loves. I don't know if you've ever just realized things were missing out of your life. You ever had that happen before? Like, I, I noticed at one point in time, anger was just gone. You know, I don't know if you've had that experience. Can I tell you, I didn't pray for God to remove anger from my life. I didn't even really know I had an issue. <laughs> People could have told me, I guess. But, uh, you know, really what was awesome was it was just receiving God's love that absolutely transformed me. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, I have this patience for people and things. And where did it come? It's God. It's, it's his love. Right? And so his love transforms everything about us. And so today I want to introduce you to a God who is a lavish gift giver. Okay? This is your, this is your introduction to God today. God is a generous giver. I don't know what your thoughts of him are. I don't know if you have any other thoughts than that, but here it is. God is a generous giver. Um, today I'm going to teach you how to get everything you've always wanted, okay? So for everyone here in the room, you've, you've all got things you've been dreaming about and thinking about today. Guess what? I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to give you how to get every single thing you've ever wanted, okay? And by the looks on some of your faces, you look skeptical. But trust me, it's going to happen. Let me ask the question. Do you like to receive gifts? Is that, is that fun? Oh, we got a yes instantly. I didn't even finish the sentence. Uh, yeah, uh, how many of y'all, gifts is not really your thing. You're like, I I'm cool. Like, I'm not really good. Everybody loves gifts. Some of y'all are just don't want to raise your hand. And this is the thing. Uh, it depends on the gift, right? You give me something I don't want, well, then it's, I don't know if I like this gift. You give me the winning lotto numbers, I'm going to love you. You know, like that's an awesome gift, right? And so the idea is, is that gifts are, are, are really, really, uh, it's fun to watch both the giving and the receiving of a gift. There's something really interesting in that. Uh, when I was, oh, I think I was like 22 or something, my best friend Adam gave me one of the coolest gifts I will ever uh, I will never forget it. It was a super soaker backpack, okay? I heard a, yeah, okay. You don't realize what I'm talking about. Okay, <clears throat> when I was a kid, okay, when you were kids probably, you had the pea shooter. You remember that little gun, you know? It was like a little squirt gun. You know, then like my generation comes around, they're like, yo, we're getting super soakers. They're like bazookas with water in them, you know? But then my buddy Adam found one that had a backpack. Guys, you don't get it. Okay, I'm going to tell a quick story. 
Okay, you really have to understand this. This is going to be important for the message, I guarantee it. So I went to a youth camp one time, okay, and in the last day of the youth camp, everyone knew the youth leaders were going to attack the students. Like, that's just what happens. The students knew it. They had water balloons. They were ready to go. I decided uh, I was not having the shenanigans, and I was going to stay upstairs in the upstairs bunk area, and I knocked over a, a bunk bed, made a barrier, and I sat behind it with this thing, okay? Like, you don't understand what I had in my hands. And so I'm sitting there, you know, and <laughs> this youth leader comes upstairs. You weren't supposed to come upstairs, you know, and I was looking for that one kid that wasn't listening, and it was a youth leader. And so I warned him. I said, dude, you got to get out of here. He threw his water balloon at me, and I'm like, all right. I unloaded what was like 20 gallons of water on him. Like, <laughs> Dude literally did the whole like Bugs Bunny thing where like you hear the sound with the slipping and like the fall on his back. And I walked over, I was like, I tried to warn you, super soaker backpack, like get out, like nobody's got a chance. Super soaker, if you're watching this, please, for my children, make the backpack. Um, it was so cool. Anyway, the point of the story isn't really about me getting the gift. It was really in watching Adam give the gift. It was really interesting watching his face. He could see how just overwhelmed I was with this gift, and he had this huge grin on his face. It was so cool for him to give. You've been there, right? It, it really is better to give than to receive. It really does. There's something in it, and it's godly because God is a giver. It should be obvious. That's why we enjoy it. Have you ever pulled off the interstate? Let me, let me switch gears a little bit. How about when you pull off the interstate and you see the homeless guy on the side of the road? Every single one of us, I'm going to believe, has that split-second moment where you go, I'm going to give him some money. Like, you, you just think about it. It's, it's just, you haven't run through, like, well, what's he going to spend it on, and is he going to da 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 No, you just had that quick little fleeting thought. And it was fleeting, wasn't it? Because we, we live here, and we're very cynical people. Uh, but, but, like, but, but we really, really had that little moment, that little tiny moment. And that's, that's the moment God lives out of. He never tries to talk himself out of it. He never tries to give himself all the reasons why he shouldn't. He just goes and gives because he is love. And that's who God is, and that's God. Like, I'm introducing you to him. Guess what? He's a giver. God is a generous, generous giver. Let me show you this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. All right, let's read this verse in two different ways. Check this out. Now this I say... He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And it continues to say, Each one must do, so, do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. All right, this verse is awesome, okay? It absolutely teaches us the principles of the world, reaping and sowing and all of that. Did you know this is really about God? <laughs> you probably never thought about that because all of us read Scripture looking for us in it. Yeah, okay, we can, we can absolutely do this. But here, let's put that back up on the screen again and listen to this. Now I say this, he who sows sparingly. Who is that? That's us. It's humanity. We sow sparingly. We're always talking. We feel good about sowing sparingly. Look, look at what I gave. Like, wow, I'm just so great. Look, God sows bountifully, right? He's showing us what he's like. God is a cheerful giver. He's not asking something of you that he's not. He's showing you who you are, <laughs> God is a cheerful giver. And you know what that word cheerful means? Okay, it comes from this word hilaros, okay? You probably can hear it. Hilarious is sort of in there, right? The idea, it is spontaneous, joyful giving. Like this is what uh, cheerful giving means. It's spontaneous. It's out of nowhere. You saw a need and you got so much joy in you that you get to fulfill the need that you went and did it. And you didn't even think about the ramifications of any of it. It was just that's how God works. And he lives there, and he loves it. 
This is where he, he absolutely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you this. This Bible verse that you have heard so many times, and I believe it's going to take on an entirely new meaning today. But remember this in Acts 17. Paul said this. He goes, listen, God does what? He says he gives to all people life and breath in all things. He's a giver. I don't know what your thoughts on God are, but I'm introducing to you to him, and I want you to hear this verse for the very first time. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave. Put a period there for just a moment. For God so loved the world that he's a giver. He gave. Oh, what he gave absolutely demonstrated how much you and I are worth, absolutely demonstrated how crazy, madly in love, as we just sang, he is about us and all that. But for God so loved, he's love. And love gives. That's exactly what love will do every single time. When you go sit with your dad, when you go sit with your heavenly father, you can know one thing. He's going to give you something. <laughs> he's always going to give you something, and he's going to do so joyously. What's left for us is to receive it and believe it. Do you know how hard that is? Oh, I can say it a thousand times, and it's still going to be difficult because we still go to God thinking we have to bring something to the table. No, you, you get to go to God, and he's going to give you something. You don't need to give. He's not a God who needs anything, Right? Check this out, 1 John 4, 16 through 17. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we. Like this is, we're talking about, there's, there's no difference this is who we are now. You are a giver, whether you know it or not. Check this out. We, we often get hung up on this whole concept of abiding, okay? And I'm going to show you something. This is how awesome God is, is it's all actually based on giving, okay? Check this out. He says it right here. He says, how, how do I know you're abiding? Okay, just so we're clear. Some, some believe that God is the kind of God that goes and comes, and he's here and he's there, and, and you've got to make sure you're doing what you need to do to abide in him. Stay in him. Like, whatever you do, abide, abide. Believers. You have no part in this. Let me show you. Check this out. 1 John 4.13. 4, By this we know that we abide. Okay, you want your answer. Here it is. Uh, and he and us. Okay, because he has given us of his spirit. Did you catch that? You abide because he gave. <laughs> it's all about him. Everything's about him. How do you know that you abide in love forever, unchangeable, unable to mess it up, he gave. That's how <laughs> he gave. God, number one, is a giver of good gifts. Oh, man, you want to know about my dad? Let me tell you about my dad. He's a giver of very good gifts. Ephesians 1 says it this way. God is so blessed, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of whose will? His. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the beloved one. You cannot mess up what was given to Christ. <laughs> you see? We inherit it from him. But it was given to him. If Jesus can't lose his salvation, you can't lose your salvation. Like, that's how it's worked. You are tethered in the most beautiful way in the sense that you've been joined to him. 
Like you're in union with God. But let me ask you a question. How do you mess up a gift? Anybody ever messed up a gift before? Like someone gave you a gift and you blew it? I hope not. But, but here's the thing. The way that you mess up a gift is you offer to pay for it. You know, someone comes and gives you a birthday present. Here, Javen, I got this awesome super soaker backpack for you. Thanks, Adam. I'll take you to lunch next Wednesday. Well, that takes away from the gift. It's not, a, it's not about needing you to do something back. So how do you ruin it? Well, James says it this way. Look, James 1.17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming from our Father with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. Does that sound like God to you? And I mean that personally to you. Is that how in your heart you go, yes, that is my father. He is a giver. He is a giver. Well, there's this thing that happens when we're born. We start off with it right off the bat. And what I'm talking about is all of us have this thing where we are worried that someone's going to take or steal or we're going to lose our stuff. Anybody ever struggle with that at all? Or are you guys perfect? Cool. <laughs> just me then. So when I, you know, my kids, you know, it's so funny. It's like their, their, their brother or sister want to borrow something, right? And it's like, yeah, I know it's at the bottom of my closet. Totally haven't seen it in three weeks. You can't have it. You know, it's like, <laughs> dad, I was going to play with that five minutes from now. You know, it's that whole thing, you know, and you're like, no, you weren't. And you didn't even know you had that anymore, you know, but that's, that's, that's kids. And guess what? That's adults. <laughs> it's us too. We can pretend, but we just spend our whole lives saving up for stuff we want no one to touch, okay? So, like, that's, that's just the thing, is our loves are so insecure. We're, we're so worried that maybe we might lose something. And so when I ask you the question, does this sound like God to you, I'm really just looking to see if there's anything inside of you that's had an experience on earth where maybe you believe that God might just take away something he's given me. I once heard a preacher say that. He used the story of Samson and said, if you don't, if you don't act right, God's going to take back those gifts that he gave you. Boy, that's not even in the Bible. Let me, let me read you what is in the Bible. Romans 11.29. It says this, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable. Oh, and you don't even probably know what irrevocable means. It doesn't just mean like he's never taking it back. Like that, that'd be cool enough. Oh, but this word irrevocable means this. It is given without regret from deep concern. You want to know why God's not going to take it back? Because he gave it to you out of deep concern for you. How weird would that be if you need this, but I'm taking it? No, that's not God at all. And also built into that, Strong says that, that, that it, it means that you cannot change God's mind about it. So what God has given you, whether it be his life, whether it be his gifts, his salvation, his joy, his peace, whatever it is, he's not taking it back because he sees that you need it. That is what irrevocable means. It's given without regret. Listen, my mom is a great example of this, okay? Uh, when I was a kid growing up and, uh, and you came over to my house, you were going to have a sandwich. I can guarantee it. You could fight it all you want. You could say, no, 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 I'm really fine, Miss Van Comp. Thank you so much. Oh, no, no, I'll get you. No, really, Miss Van Comp, I'm fine. No, you need a sandwich. You know, it's like, eat the sandwich. My mom was just, we were all real skinny back then. Look what happened. See? Too many sandwiches. Anyway, no, but that was it. My mom saw a deep need. She really saw that we were hungry. She knew we were just being polite and saying, no thanks, Ms. Van Com. My friends were like, man, a sandwich would be awesome, you know? And they made good sandwiches too. So that's God for you, right? This is how God looks at us. But what about Job, somebody might say? Hey, look, I've read the Bible, and doesn't it say, even in fact, don't we have songs that are written about how he gives and takes away? Yeah, please don't ever play that song, ever. <laughs> That's horrible. 
Anytime you begin writing a song off the first part of Job, where are you going? (laughs) Job didn't even know God at this point. Like, listen, let me me explain something. All right, 1 John 4, 23 and 24 says this, that before Jesus, nobody's ever seen the Father. Uh, Hebrews writes, the writer of Hebrews says it this way. He says that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father, a.k.a. you've never seen him before Jesus, okay? Job had never seen God, but what he had seen was knowledge of God, right? He was a very religious and pious person, and in fact, it's funny what religion can do. You can really clean up your act through religion, okay? And that's exactly what Job was doing. He didn't curse God. He didn't slander God. He goes, nope, God is still good and all of that. But you find out if you keep reading the story, right, that there was much more that Job had to learn. Look at what John the Baptist saw into when he saw Jesus. John 1.29, the next day, Jesus, yeah, he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, this was to fulfill Leviticus where you had this scapegoat, where you had to put the sins of the people upon the scapegoat and the scapegoat would run off into the wilderness And here he is saying that, look, this is what God does. He gives. God is a generous giver. And what he takes from you is the sin of the world. I mean, you can fight him on it if you really were holding on to something. But he took all the bad stuff and he gave us only good gifts. And that is God. So number two, God gives freely to all. So God is is this incredible, incredible. Our minds can barely even wrap around a piece of how good he is. And he's also, he gives it to everybody. I love this moment. Jesus and uh, a, a Samaritan woman are, are sitting at a well. And you and I are so far removed from this culture, it's hard to really understand how controversial that by itself was. He's sitting here talking to a woman, which already was in this time ridiculous. Like, this is crazy. His disciples are even standing off on the side going, like, what is he doing? And does he realize who he's talking to? Like, just to have some fun, I want you to picture the most Trump supporter you've ever seen. Like, I mean, I'm not against Trump supporters, but let's say you got, like, the big red hat, you got the shirt, tattoo of Trump on your arm, and you're, like, ready to rock, and in walks in an Obama supporter. I mean, like, this guy's got an Obama, like, tattoo, you know? He's got an Obama hat, you know? And, and like, th- these two things in our culture, that these, these political parties, these things that they're trying to divide us up by, which I'm proud of you guys. We don't let that stuff happen. We'll see each other through those lenses. But at this time, that's what was happening. A very divisive time where depending on how you, where you lived and how you, I mean, Jesus could have sat there, for example, and argued with her about uh, Jacob's well and all this stuff. Like he, he references it like you guys think it's over there. We think we could argue about earthly things, I guess. <laughs> and you and I could certainly argue all of our opinions as well and all of our thoughts, even if they're right, by the way, Jesus was right. And he still chose not to argue. And I love this, that what he says and said is he He comes to her and he says this, I want to give you. I want to give you. Representing God, the perfect demonstration of God. Yeah, we could sit here and argue all day long about things. Or I could give you something to where you will never thirst again. Believers, we need to be careful, don't we? Like, I I think that it's okay to have opinions about things. But remember that when we interact with each other, when we see each other, what we're here to do is to give something. Because why? Because Jesus, that's what he does. He comes to give, not to win an argument. No, he came to give life. And he comes to give living water where you'll never thirst again, he says. He goes, look, salvation is from the Jews. But he says, an hour is coming where salvation will come of the Spirit. See, once salvation was found through a system and all of this, but what was being born out of that was a spiritual uh, revelation, a spiritual birth that you and I are born into where there's no Jew and Gentile. There's no Republican and Democrat. There's, there's no all of these different delineations of things. There's one spirit. 
There's just Christ alone. And we're in him together. And that's a gift, a gift of love that he's given us. God gives to everyone freely. Look at John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled or be fearful. The Holy Spirit will remind you and teach you everything you need to know. Oh, but I don't know if I can tell you about Jesus yet because I don't, I don't know if I know. Oh, you know. God's a giver. Just go, go give away some, some love to somebody and watch what God does with it. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That means without finding fault. God is not giving to you based on whether or not you deserve it. He's not giving to you based on whether or not uh, you have ever had a mistake or fault or any of that. He gives because he's love, and love freely gives. All right, I haven't forgotten. I'm still going to show you how to get everything you want. So in case you're wondering, we're getting close. (laughs) Romans 8 says this, if God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely do what? Give us all things. That's your dad. He's not holding back from you. He's not waiting for you. I'm going to see if they fix that first, and then I'm going to bless them. No, he's always there to bless you. Our perceptions get all squirrely for sure because we interpret things wrong and all that, but God is sitting here saying, I just want to give, I want to give, I want to give, I want to give because it's what you need, and I want to fulfill it. I want to, I want to be there in that way. But doesn't God take away his love? Like, doesn't, isn't that possible, somebody might say? Like, my dad, Javen, you keep calling him your dad, and my dad left. My dad did take away his love and never talked to me again for 20 years. There are people in this room with that story that I know, right? That story of, well, I'm trying to see this God who's a giver, who's love, and, I, and maybe you struggle with that. Maybe that's a thought of yours is, doesn't God take away his love? Does he erase my name out of the Lamb's Book of Life? Can he, will he take back what he did? You can certainly interpret Scripture that way if you'd like, but it's not true if you look at who God is. He's a giver, He's an absolute giver. Let me show you what God does blot out. Isaiah 43, 25 says this, I blot out your transgressions. Why? For my sake. God does it to show off how powerful he is, not how powerful you are. No, he blotted out all of your stuff for his name because he is love. Now, certainly under the old covenant, under what we see in Exodus, what does it say in Exodus 32? We see that, that God says, if you guys sin and break the deal, I mean, there's serious ramifications. It was a whole different world. Right? We don't live in that space anymore. We live under the age of grace. We're living in an entirely new world. I mean, really, it really has all changed. And you can see it spiritually. And what we see is this, and this is the final point. God gave everything for you. He didn't leave something out. He didn't forget something. He knows you better than you know yourself, and he gave you everything. Now, let me show you how much he gave you. Ephesians 4, 7 says this. But to each one of us, Grace was given, God's favor was given, according to the measure of Christ's gift. (laughs) How does he base what he's going to give to you off of? His son. And Jesus gave it all. Guys, there should never be a thought that God is anything but a giver and a good, good giver to you. If that thought comes, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. He's trying to get you to not trust your dad. Don't trust your dad. He might take from you. 
oh, the only thing he's going to take from me is to put something better in my hands anyway, if it was bad for me. But no, God only gives good gifts. I love that. According to the measure of Christ's gift. This word, um, it's one more word study. I love these. Measure comes from the word metron, which means the measure that determines what is enough. The basis by which something is determined as acceptable or unacceptable. Preeminently rooting to the Lord himself as his being is the only ultimate measure of truth. (laughs) So God gave you exactly what you needed so that you would always be in perfect union with him. Because that's who he is. He saw a need that you had. He saw that you couldn't even keep it if it was up to you to keep it. He went ahead and just did it all and he gave you everything because it's based on him, not you. (laughs) You and I are benefactors of his amazing love, but he's never going to change being love for us. Like he's going to continue to just be love and give from that place. Jesus in this awesome moment is standing with Pilate. And he's standing before Pilate, and Pilate's threatening him, basically saying, like, don't you realize who I am? (laughs) Can you imagine this? (sighs) Oh, Pilate, what a rude awakening. So, uh, I mean, imagine how embarrassing that is. You know, do you have any idea, he says, the power that I have, the authority that I have? Jesus looks over at him, and he says, dude, you only have authority that my dad gave you. Now, let's back up just two chapters before that. Jesus is talking in a garden. He's praying to God. And what we find out is God gave him all authority. So in that moment he was standing with Pilate, Jesus could have nuked the entire earth in like one thought. Like he had all authority. I'm saying this for a reason. Because many of us for some reason think that God's putting us on trial. That you're standing with him and that you're standing in some kind of a position of like, God, I'm so sorry for this thing. And I, I know you probably have to take some time to rebuild trust with me or, or, or whatever. We, we humanize God. Do you remember Jesus stood in front of Pilate and said, I have all authority. And what did Jesus choose to do with all of the authority he had? <laughs> Lay down his life for you. Hang on a cross. And instead of saying, you know what, God, forgive that one and that one. I like that guy. No, he said, forgive everybody. Father, forgive them. Because love, this is what love does. It gives and it gives and it gives. So listen to this. John 16, in that day you will no longer ask me anything, he says. Truly, I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked... You've not asked me for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. Jesus is saying, do you understand that the way that you talk to my dad and the way I talk to my dad is very different? Like you go to him and you kind of have this expectation of like, I hope he hears me. I hope, he, I hope he's going to answer that prayer the way I hope. And he goes, no, I, that's not how you do it. He goes, this is your dad. <laughs> do it like me. Did Jesus ever have a moment where he was like, man, I don't know and well, there's one. And what did he say? In that one moment, he says, but God, not my will, but your will be done. He fully trusted his dad. There was never a moment where he didn't trust his dad. What are you going through right now? What fears are you facing? What real like things are, just, are you coming up against? You know your father hears you, and he loves you, and he gives freely to you based on who he is, not you. He loves you so much. All right, here's the trick. You ready? I promised you a trick. Here you go. I'm going to teach you based on all of this, how to get everything you've always dreamed of. You ready? I want you to think of that awesome dream, that thing that you're like, oh yeah, like God, you know what I want. Okay, I want you to think of it. Now I want you to drop it and lay it on the ground. Okay, because 
Here's the thing. Whatever it is you think of, whatever wild dream that you have in your heart, can I just tell you, it will pale in comparison to what your Father actually has for you. Because the Bible says this in Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But hold on, listen, listen. Give up on those dreams that you have. Give up on all the things that you're like, oh, that would be so good, God. I'm just waiting for you. And look, you can be excited about things in life. But just remember 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind can fathom the things that God has for those who love him. Oh, he's going to love you so good that you're going to love him back and you're going to find yourself so blessed that your dreams and your thoughts and all the things you wanted, you're going to find, you're just surrounded by him because you're just delighting yourself in him. And that word delight means to be delicate. Listen, I don't know if you've ever danced. I, I got two left feet, okay? Poor broke, you know? But the thing is, is this, is that if you try to dance, right, and, and both of you try to lead, <laughs> well, it's going to look like my dancing every day, you know? Like, that's just what it looks like, you know? But if one person leads, right, if one person leads and the other person will just go with, that is what that word uh, delight means. It means be led by the one who put life in you, is loving you, is giving to you. You can really trust them. And so instead of going to God and going, where is that thing you promised me? Instead of doing that, you can just go, Lord, I'm just going to lighten up. I'm just going to loosen up. And I'm going to be led by you and trust that you're such a good giver because you are perfect love. I can't wait to see what dreams you have for me because they'll be far better than the dreams I have for myself. Isn't that the truth? So here's the thing. How do you get everything you want? Trust God. Just walk with him. Just be loved by him. It, it's, it's really that simple. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then to end with this, Jesus said, look, the Spirit's going to come, and he's going to tell you that this is just the beginning. This is just the start. Salvation was just the start. Getting all things was just the start. Like, this is all just the start because God's never going to stop giving to you. He's never going to reach a point in eternity where he's like, you know what, I'm going to stop giving. I've given them so much. Nope, he's going to keep giving because God is a giver. So you better, you better just settle in to being blessed forever because that's exactly what it's going to look like, is God giving to you forever. And in case you, were, in case you have any doubts, let me give you just two little areas of Scripture here uh, real quick. So Timothy says this in 2 Timothy 1. 6 through 7, that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-control. Oh, and that would be awesome if that was all it was. But there's more. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 13 says this, there are all kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works in all things. Now listen to this. Each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, each one of us are going to look a little bit different, and that's going to be great, okay? God is going to do things differently in all of us based on what he knows you need and what he knows he can use through you and all that, all for love, all for him. Like, listen to this. Listen to these different things. For one is given a word of wisdom to the Spirit, another the word of knowledge according to the Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing, to another miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. I mean, the list could just go on and on. This is where he stops because this is plenty. Like, this is, this is all we could ever fathom in some ways. All the different ways that what he just said, these gifts that were given to all of us, is for all of us to be a body together and go give. <laughs> That's the whole point. We give it all away. I got discernment of spirits. Awesome. Go give. Give away. Give. Go give. 
It's not about your gift. It's about how you're using it together in the body to go and to give. So listen, he says this. He goes, by one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as God wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one. So also is Christ. Now listen to this as we close. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the Spirit. Love loved you, and love gave. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. Let's close our eyes for just a moment and spend a moment with God. Father, I... Uh, I don't know if there's anyone in this room today that, uh, or anybody on the live stream, anyone watching from home, it feels like you took something from them. God, we know that's not you. We know that's the devil. We know it's the enemy. We know it's our thoughts betraying us. Lord, maybe we feel like we took from ourselves. <laughs> we, we messed up our lives, or we messed up the good gift that you gave us. Lord, I pray for every person that has a thought any, in any way resembling that today, that they would hear from not me, but your voice this morning, that you are a generous giver. Father, it's, it's humbling and overwhelming to be loved the way that you love us. It's not based on us uh, at all. Really, it's based on who you are. God, will you help us to renew, to renew those thoughts, renew our minds in any way that we think that we can't trust you? And would you take all of that away this morning? And I pray that all of us would trust you and receive the gift that you have for us today. Would you guys stand with me and let's celebrate that together with him.